Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a quite remarkable night at the Betfred World Match Play. Welcome along to the Match Play Daily. Day four of this magnificent tournament. We are halfway through, in fact, over halfway through now, this incredible tournament. And uh, Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood, as always, alongside you to talk through a quite unbelievable night, Gob. Uh, the Tuesday at the Match Play last year, I will always say, is probably the best session of darts I've ever covered live and I've ever seen live. Certainly watching this session tonight, it was again up there. What what an unbelievable session of darts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we had big, big names in action against each other. Uh, surprise results. Uh, two games go the distance um, into overtime, as we're calling it at the minute. Um, just a fantastic evening of entertainment from, from 10 top dart professionals. Yeah, we do have, I know we've got to start though, there's only one place to start and that is with the world number one, Michael Van Gerwen, getting knocked out by Simon Whitlock tonight on that stage in Blackpool, in Blackpool, in Milton Keynes in fact, anyway. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that obviously you know we've got a lot of Michael Van Gerwen fans here because we will get to our big competition winner later on in the show, but... It's not necessarily the fact that he lost because anybody can lose a game of darts. Like, it's what happens. It's the manner of how he lost, Gob. I can't remember a performance. I'm trying to think back in my head. I can't remember a performance by Michael Van Gerwen where I just went, what on earth has happened there? Yeah, I don't think I've ever, ever seen this type of performance from Van Gerwen over this distance because usually if he has a bad session or he has a bit of a dip, he finds a way to recover. He finds a way to pull off that spectacular two or three leg burst to get him back into a match and out of trouble. Um, we said after the first round that that was possibly the chance missed. Um, wasn't expecting him to, to come back with this sort of performance. Um, but I think the, the key facts of the match were Whitlock what led 5-0 at the first break. Van Gerwen of old and uh, of usual would have found a way to at least still be in that 4-1 or 3-2. Um, that that was huge for Whitlock, and the Dublin stats. The Dublin stats are astounding. Um, Whitlock only had three more attempts at double, but hit eleven out of twenty-seven. And going four from twenty-four. That's when mental. Last time you said that about it. That's mental. Like I remember being that stats there. You know, talk about that five-nil there. You know, Van Gogh missed two darts in the fourth and the fifth leg to get a leg on the board. And I think, like you say, it would have been a completely different game if it had got to 3-2, 100%. But the average, he was averaging 86.3 after five legs. Whitlock was averaging 104. 18-point difference in the legs. 18-point difference at the end. Excuse me, at the fifth leg. It's absolutely mental. I think Van Gerwen as well only held his throw once. Again, When's the last time you can say that about Michael Van Gerwen? You know, there was that incredible part of the game where there were seven straight breaks to throw, or six straight breaks to throw in a row. I think it was seven, actually. Uh, seven straight breaks to throw in a row. And I think the big moment was when it was 8-4. Whitlock manages to get it back to 8-4, gets a double break again. He then has, uh, Michael Van Gerwen has four chances to go and win the leg. He doesn't take it. Whitlock then goes and pings 68 after missing the big 20. He went for a single five and then hit trouble 12 for the double, uh, sorry, trouble 13 to hit double 12. That was a big moment for the first hold of throw in nearly eight legs, nine, four up. And I think it just broke Van Gerwen again. And I I can't remember a time where Michael Van Gerwen, I I honestly think that Whitlock tonight probably out Van Gerwen, Van Gerwen. 
He's normally an yeah, absolutely so. brilliant front. Yeah, he's an absolutely brilliant front runner. You miss doubles against him, and he will go and absolutely blitz you off the board. You know, he averaged ninety tonight. Normally, he's averaging a hundred in, lo- in losses. You know, he misses a couple of darts here and there, and then you have to go and take him out. I've never, I, I can't really describe what happened in that game. I, I, you know, I know I'm paid to try to do that, but I can't. I can't, I can't recall many opportunities where Mangoes missed a set of doubles and Whitlock's then done the same. Mm. To, to allow Michael back to the board again to put that miss or that, yeah, that error to bed and, and to make up for it and to time from it. And that's what you've got to do against the modern one. Put him under pressure. He didn't look comfortable from the start. Got out of front of him. Gave yourself a big enough lead so that even if he did start coming back at you, you felt comfortable to deal with it. And he gets a run with a spectacular win that's his first over Van Gogh in, in, a, in a televised major since before Van Gogh won his first major. So that's a fantastic God, God, that makes me feel really old, doesn't it? Uh, in, in all seriousness, though, before we go and hear from the Wizards, that is a performance that, let's be honest, nobody saw coming. Even the biggest and arduous Simon Whitlock fans will never have said he was going to wipe Van Gogh in off the board 11-4. Is there is there a case now to suggest he's gone and taken out the world number one? Is there a case to suggest now in a, in the match play with the difference that he has got half a chance of winning this? It's sport, anything can happen. Absolutely, anything can happen. If it's um, your week, if it's your week, it's your if week. It's your week. It's your week. Yeah, and that, that's two fantastic results. Um, I still feel he's got that more in the locker. We've seen mm. a higher top level performance from Whitlock. This this massively opens up the field shall we say, um, and, and, and gives him the opportunity to... Well, we questioned it before this event, how is Simon Whitlock still in the top 16 because he does things like this. But we did not expect him to go and be the world number one so convincingly. An ecstatic Whitlock. We're talking to our man, Phil Bars in Milton Keynes, straight after his win. Simon, many congratulations. You just pulled off the upset of the tournament by being the world number one, but in such a manner... You must be over the moon with your performance. Yeah, I'm over the moon with that. You know, Michael is the best player on the planet, but he had an off day today and I took advantage of that. You say an off day, but I don't think it would have mattered the way you played in those first two sessions. That would have been anyone on the planet tonight, wouldn't it? Oh, maybe. You just don't know. There's so many players playing 100-plus averages now, and, and that's what i got in my head. You've got to throw 100-plus averages. And I've thrown a few lately and still lost, so, you know, you just... You just got to do your best. How did you prepare for this, obviously? Because I know that your record against Michael was 15 losses in a row coming into today. How did you put that to your back of your head and just plan for the game? I just put him out of the picture. I just pretended I was playing my local darts and just believed in myself. That's the only way to do it. If you play the player, you could be in trouble. But honestly, Michael didn't turn up tonight. There's been a lot of talk recently about you slipping down the rankings and everything like that. I know you just mm-hmm. laughed to Dan about yeah. it. It's just show everyone, hang on a minute, these youngsters are good, but we're still the people to beat. Yeah, I mean, look at Steve Beaton, for example. He's <laughs> well older than me, but he, he's still, he's so amazing. I mean, experience counts for a lot, and that's what keeps us going. We love the game, we just keep going and going and going. Into your first televised ranked quarterfinal since 2018. That's a long time for a player of your capability and calibre. Have you now got one eye on the title? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm just going to play one match at a time and just try and produce my best. I know I'm playing amazing this year. I've, I've really shown after this break and during the break with my averages on on the um, online darts that I can still throw 100-plus averages. 
you talked to us about you've got yourself fit and you've worked hard. Yep. Is that the key to the game now that you just can't rely on being just naturally good? You have to work at every part of it to get to the top. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've done some weight training while I was off. I loved every minute with the break. I was walking my dog twice a day and I feel so much fitter. And you know what? Feeling good makes a big difference. The fact you've won TV titles, do you think that gives you an advantage over the rest of the field, the ones that haven't? The fact that you know how to win on these big stages? I've only won one. Still more than... <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, there's some great names who haven't won a major TV title yet, but that's going to happen. I mean, Michael Smith's amazing, Chizzy. Oh, there's so many. There's so many good dart players right now. It's unbelievable. Everybody's throwing 100-plus averages. The game's amazing right now. And your thoughts on the quarterfinal against Gary Anderson, briefly? Yeah, I haven't got a good record against Gary, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> My record against Michael's not so pretty either, but you know what? I'll just play the board, I won't watch his scores, and I'll just play my game, and hopefully I'll throw another, well, maybe even a better game than that. Tom, it's a pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much. No worries. Cheers. Just one from me, if that's right, Simon. Yeah. Did you approach this game any different mentally, or was it just a case of going to be fair, I've been a lot stronger mentally lately because I've won some online tournaments, which have been really tough, like playing Chizzy and Michael Smith and Dobie and that. And it's given me some confidence because I've been throwing a lot of 100-plus averages. So I just went into the game just believing in myself for once. With all the seeds tumbling, the last one, obviously Rob Cross going by. So was that another, another reason you went up there with an extra bit of belief? No, not really, because every player who's here right now is so amazing, it's just ridiculous. The, the standard of darts now is incredible. Everybody's throwing 100-plus averages. No worries. OK, so that was an understandably very ecstatic Simon Whitlock after his win against Michael Van Gerwen. Another man who was very happy uh, to get over the line in the end, shall we say, was Michael Smith. Uh, he beat Mensor Sulevich 14-12 in the first of two matches uh, to go to extra legs. Uh, funnily enough, it wasn't George Noble calling them tonight. It was yeah. uh, Russ Gray. George finally got a break blessing. But um, what can we say about this one? I think it was an absolute scrapjar. Certainly was, mate. Like you know, at the end of the day, I thought that Smith started really poorly. I thought he missed a couple of dots, uh, a couple of darts doubled in, in that second leg, and I thought that that might really play on his mind. And it sort of did going into that first interval at four-one, and it just seemed that Smith was again every time that he got a break of throw, Mensal would just come roaring back into the game every single time. I'll give you an example: Gozi gets it four-three in the fifth, in the seventh leg. Mensor then goes and pings in a 13-dart break of throw for tw on double 12. That's mint stuff. Absolutely mint. You know, Marcus Smith goes and pings at 104 on the 11th leg, straight off the back of that. You're thinking, oh, okay, here's the chance now. Here's where he goes. And then he goes and misses four for the leg to make it level at six all. And in the end, Sullivan gets it to seven five. It, it was a real battle there. But you could feel that Michael Smith was probably scoring the better. In fact, he was. The stats tell you that. 10-8-180 is to Mensor's two. The first 180 came in the first leg, yeah? The next one, I think, came in that amazing 22nd leg when he, when he broke through in 11 data. It was a real scrap between the pair. But when he got back to 9 all, I was actually messaging you guys, because, by the way, listeners and viewers, actually, we do actually talk uh, outside of this, uh, as I always say. And what I'd say on that one is the fact that when, the, when it got to 9-6... 
meant sort of he just started looking a little bit tired. He was very even more snatchy than he normally is when it comes to the darts. And I was a little bit worried about that point. Smith getting that break of throw with a 103 when he was on tops was huge. And it got to extra legs. And I honestly thought that Smith, Gob, had got the job done after the 21st leg when he broke through. But what a response from Mensor, by the way, in that 22nd leg. Yeah, absolutely mad. Um, the finishes, that's a fantastic from both, by the way, from throughout the match. Both well over 40%. Um, four ton plus checkouts each. That had, that had been a nice better market to be on tonight. Um, they both just look very comfortable. They both just, just chucked ton plus after ton plus each other. Um, like I said, Smith had 10 180s, Mental threw 40 scores of 100 plus. That is some consistency from the man who somebody in this conversation that isn't me doesn't really tend to rate at the minute. And, and he's given me no reason to rate him tonight after losing. No, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, right? You know, the only thing I've, I've always had a problem with Mensah is the fact that I just don't think he can do it in the pressure cooker moments. I'll be honest with you now. I appreciate he's won a Champions League and, and I do get that great performance to go and do that to beat the top eight in the world and to come through the field. But I, I, I can never seem to ever trust Mensah in the big moments. And it came down to it tonight. You know, he was absolutely miles clear in that leg, in the 25th leg, when he missed five for the leg. after nine and lost it in 18 darts. Exactly. You, you can't do that in a match play. And again, he missed three for the leg afterwards when he could have taken it to a sudden death leg. Marcus Swift was on two, four, five when he was still throwing for the leg. He went out in two, four, three, four, two, four, five in six. What a 110 checkout, by the way, to go and win the game. That's mint. But once again... I'm struggling to think of a Mensa Sudovic game. Okay, you lose a classic. I get it. I understand it. But again, we've always said this. Is there a time there for Mensa Sudovic? You know he's won a Champions League, but he just doesn't seem to do it in the pressure cooker moments. That's my, that's my only issue. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mensa. I love you, but sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him your address. It'll be around there. Giving you something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, you'll tower over me, the absolute giant that he is. A quick word on Bully Boy before we hear from him, Doug. That is a big, big win for Bully Boy. Because a couple of years ago, there's no doubt in my mind, he'd have lost that game. Because he was missing yeah, doubles. So. And he, he went would have through got that patch where, where he was struggling with doubles. So to come out and it 45%, he looks comfortable flowing around the board. He's not stepping as much on that third dart. Something Wayne Mardle pointed out quite a few times to him. Seems to have taken that on board a fair bit. Um, perhaps the, the weight loss has helped him with that. Um, and I don't think the pace of this one suited him at all. So to still go out and throw a 95 average, 45% on the doubles, to, to play the way he did in a game of pace that doesn't suit him is, is a great result for him. Shows he's got the mental resilience now that he is there to win events. And maybe his first major win isn't as far away as people suggest. I hope so. I hope so because we, we, we all love Buddy Boy here because he deserves to win one. You know, I honestly believe now that if he'd have won that Masters when he had three darts to beat Peter Wright, I do maintain that he'd have been one of the favourites of the match play because he would have just gone on and absolutely smashed it. But he is now, again, like he was last year, three wins away from the match play uh, championship and becoming on that roll of honour and, and becoming on the wall of champions. Brilliant game between Marcus Smith and Mensah Sulevich. The bully boy comes through to the quarterfinals. The first man through to the quarterfinals tonight and understandably he was absolutely overjoyed and relieved when talking to Phil. Michael, many congratulations. We've seen you go through just about every emotion on that stage in the last hour. No more so than the 110 went in. How are you feeling right now? 
the noise. Like on the outside, I'm looking a bit cool. Inside, I'm like, how did that happen? Is that good? It's the first time. Like, it's, I am. I'm happy. I'm yeah. over the moon. And for a game I've struggled in so much, then and to come out winning, it's a few big shots while I was sat in double sim in the media. Two one three six and a one two five. The guy hit him with one o three, one o four, then the one ten. It was there. It was just when I was practicing where this afternoon, give me three darts for double. I was missing everything. All the time plus I was pinging, and you've just seen it now again. From nine six, you had to dig very deep. Yeah. Does that show how far you've come? Yeah, I didn't want to go. <laughs> Um, if I go home, it means because Junior's off school for six weeks and it's been a nightmare for the lockdown. I just don't want him again for another six weeks. So, um, yeah, I had to fight then and fight really hard. And I think I proved I can fight for the last three years maybe. Premier League. When I think the first night when I was five one down together, managed to scrape down win seven five. And I think from then I showed I can do it. And people associate me taking off on myself as giving up. That's me trying to get myself fired up and get myself into the game. And then once I'm in the game, then I calm myself back down. But I was never in the games, and I just had to take chances, which that isn't me. I'm normally, I say normally, I often boss games when my scoring takes over things, and I can afford to miss doubles. And tonight I wasn't scoring, and I couldn't afford to miss the doubles. I missed quite a lot, but I also took the very, very important ones out. From the sky cameras, the one facing the ball, we saw you like this every time he was going for a finish. Did you think it was going to be one of those nights when he wasn't yeah. missing? Straight after the first leg, the, the, he went out in 10, then he pinged the 1-3, I hit 8 to leave 140 anything. He hit one three six to go 4 no. I just knew then, he's, every time, one three six again, and I missed six stars, and he pinged the 1-2. As soon as he hit the 25, I thought it was going in. The only chances I've got is if he missed the 25. I went in, I thought, yeah, it's in. And, even the one five six. As soon as that first travel, was perfect. You could not miss. He didn't, and luckily enough, he missed the eighteen. Started to feel a little bit like last year because in the earlier stages, you had to scrape and had to come from behind yeah. in those games as well. Is it still got that same feeling? Yeah, I think Jamie's had me at four one. Yeah. Max up had me at three two or four one. Four one as well. Yeah, Benzo had me at four one. <laughs> so I just I don't want to keep going forward. Nah, no, I don't want to. I want to feel happy and feel comfortable and boss again. But, I'm sure I can come back, I just I, I, I don't want to. It, it takes so much energy out of you trying to come back, and then when you're back and it's later into the game, you've wasted all your energy trying to fight. So. Over the last 24 hours, the seeds have tumbled. I know that you watch a lot of darts as well. Is that something that you're aware of in, in the back of your mind? You, I don't want to be the next one? Yeah, going into that game then, because I know if I won, I wasn't playing Rob, which record speaks for itself, and rubbish against Rob. <laughs> and as well, I was get, out of, get rid of Mentor, I've got. Christoph or Gabriel, they're in the same position as me. They haven't won this event, they haven't won a PDC event, well, floor event, TV event, sorry. So they feel they're going to feel the same pressure as me against that semi final. Whereas if you're playing Rob, did me last year, he's confident to be high and he knows how to win. So it is different. I didn't want to be the seed that fell. Plus, the, the money's pretty decent when you get to the quarters. And I was the thing, I, as long as I'm in, I don't know. Now you're in that quarter final, can you relax? Yeah, uh, main aim for me coming into this, every TV is get to the quarters, and that's when you start thinking about winning the event. Just get to the quarters, pick up your bread and butter, and then your next three games, what you think about winning the event. Then. I've got pleasure, so I've Cheers, lad. 
Michael Smith there talking through his win against Mensor Sulevich. And the other game to go to extra legs tonight, Gob, was the game that most people really were looking forward to. Let's be honest with ourselves on that one. Uh, Clemens versus Ratajski, the third member of the trio that makes up online darts, really doesn't rate one of the players like I don't rate <laughs> Mensor Sulevich. But we'll get his take in a little bit later, ladies and gentlemen, with the full bars take on everything that's happened in Milton Keynes tonight. Brilliant game between these two as well, by the way. It was tense. It was scrappy. It was excellent. And for anybody who says there was doubts about Ratajski and Clements coming into this tournament, I think they put that to bed. Brilliant game between the pair. And Ratajski comes through for his maiden ranked PDC TV quarterfinal. Yeah, I think I think this is the game that perhaps puts to bed. Can these two do it on, telev- on television in the PDC? Um, fantastic performance from both. Um, you almost glad there had to be a loser. Um, nip and tuck all the way. Clement uh, Ratajski got out to an early break um, and Clement spent the next seven, eight legs trying to reel him in. You could see the frustration growing knowing that he had to break to stay in the match. Um, eventually gets there for nine all. Fantastic time to do it in a race to 11. Takes the lead for the first time um, and, and then sort of slips up a little bit and, and Ratajski steps through the door. Um, 14 dart leg to win it was, was class from the man. Um, Oh, I, love I love the Polish eagle. Yeah, I know. Forget the Portuguese, man. I'm in love with the Polish, man. Yeah, I can imagine. I could definitely imagine. I know you've always been absolutely one of his singing his praises on this show and on our previous show for years about Ratajski. I think Clements, though, I think his heart was broken a little bit when uh, he missed three uh, to go 11-10 up and take it in through and, and would have been at least had a chance at holding his throw again and getting back into a chance there. But Ratajski... To keep a hold of that break for as long as he did, then to lose it like he did in such a short space of time and then go behind and having to throw for the match, taking a 70 out, 15 dart hold of throw, again, it takes stones. But a word on Clemens before we talk about Ratajski. Beating Rob Cross in, you know, defending champion, makes the second round of the match for the first time, obviously, on debut. Is there anything more that, I mean, we still need him to put in a huge performance on TV, but again, when you lose a game like that, it's difficult, isn't it, really? It's difficult to say, you know, oh, he was poor. He, he wasn't poor, but he just couldn't get the job done when he needed to on Ratajski's throw a little bit earlier on in the game. Yeah, I think so. He's missed out on one opportunity, really, throughout the match. The rest of it, Ratajski was very, very solid on his own throw. Carved up a couple of opportunities on the Clemens throw, and Clemens didn't buckle. He stayed with him the entire way. Um, it, it, yeah, right, it's a TV second round. It, it's not the be-all and end-all, but we've seen him go deep at uh, the World Series before, we, he's, he's done bits in the Super League, and he, he's still building, he's still got. He's still very early into his PDC career, he will keep climbing up the rankings, he will keep picking up floor events and, and, and ranking prizes there, and once he gets on the Euro Tour properly, and, and when that restarts, I'm sure he'll be a threat there, he's, he's closer to home for a lot of these events, so he'll definitely have the crowd support, as we've spoken at length about before um, and how oh, uh, we all love the German crowd here how vocal the Germans are yep so yeah he's a fantastic dart player I think he's got a fantastic career ahead of him um, said it many a time I think he's the German number one um, he should comfortably be in the World Cup team for this year and then it's just a matter of if Nico Kurtz will come through or if Max or, or Martin Schindler will continue in that role but I, I definitely see Clemens as the German number one I don't see anything changing that for a couple of years now 
Christopher Tyski then, uh, a big result for him, obviously, as I say, is his maiden PDC TV ranked quarterfinal. I appreciate he made the World Series of Darts quarterfinals, but he wanted the World Series a bit in there. Um, the biggest thing for me about Ratajski here is he's made a quarterfinal, and we've been wanting him to do bits on the television for a while, and he's got Michael Smith in that quarterfinal. Is it time for the Polish Eagle to start soaring? Possibly. Again, it's not a pace that Michael Smith will enjoy. There's no antics from Ratajski, but he is a little bit more methodical than Smith would be used to and comfortable on. Um, I don't think he'll get rattled by Smith's scoring power. Um, he's got one of the best mentalities in the game I've seen. Ratajski just does not get phased by anything. You see the odd moment of release of tension, I think, and, and celebration. And Other than that, he's very calm and collected and that can go a long way, especially with no fans. Like this is you you're playing against your opponent now. There's no fans, there's no one there to help you. Like this is straight up that one to one. And he's definitely got the game to do it. We've we've seen that on floor other floor events. Well, like I say, through to the quarterfinals in a classic game against Gabriel Clements. Here he is talking with Phil afterwards. Here's Christoph Ratajski. Christoph, many congratulations. You've just come through an absolute great game on that stage. How are you feeling right now? Uh, very happy after uh, so close game. The win in this game, in when it's so close, is uh, much more valuable. You know, uh, it, if you win 11-0, 11-2-4, it's not the same when it's so close and you must really fight for this win. When you were 9-7 up and Gabriel came back to 9 all, what were you thinking at that point? Uh, I thought that I must uh, break another one because I needed to, to, to win a, a, a match. I missed these three darts in this moment, I think. Uh, three darts on 32, I missed. Uh, he, he takes his chance. And it was 7 7, yeah? But I don't give up never. Do you think you're playing the best starts of your career right now? Maybe not exactly to this evening, but I think yes. I changed my darts. It's a little heavier, uh, and it is better for me. I feel it's it's better. With tonight, a lot of the seeded players went out. Notably, Michael Van Gerwen is gone, and he was in your half of the draw. Does, yeah. Does that make it a little bit easier for you to win this tournament? It's not. <laughs> Only theoretical, yeah, it's easier because Michael is a world number one, he's the best player. Uh, but no one is unbeatable, uh, we say today. He, he don't play his the best. Simon played very good game, very good match today and beat him. Quarter-final is going to be against Michael Smith, a very fast player. Are you looking forward to that game? I'm not so fast. I'm a medium, I think. Yeah. <laughs> medium. It doesn't matter. He will play fast. I will a little uh, slowly than him. It's not a problem for me. The way you've played recently, you're into the top 16 in the world, number 13 as we speak. Have you now got one eye on the top 10 in the world and higher? And how far do you think you can get in the rankings? <laughs> Everyone dream to be first, of course, <laughs> and I, I also, 
It's everyone wants won't be first. If you are felt, you must. You have something to to improve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you are first, you must only. Uh, with, uh, I don't remember this word. No, that's all. Christoph, thank you very much and congratulations, mate. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Do we have to talk about this one? Yes, I we do. The entire game from behind the sofa. Um, <laughs> Darts was the winner, Aaron, I got. Versus James Wayne, my, my two, if I'm allowed, favourite uh, players that I, I just love to watch. I think they're both fantastic characters and stalwarts of the game. Um, meeting in the second round. Um, Gary Anderson getting over the line, 11-8 in the end. Thoughts on the match? Yeah, this is the reason why I thought I'd come on this one, because I don't think you'd be able to talk your way through. Let's be honest with yourself on that one. Um, to be honest, it was a strange start to the game, you know, with, with, with the two breaks of throw, and then Wade missing double nine for a chance, and then Ando getting that first break of, hold, the break of throw, sorry, the first hold of throw, excuse me, for the 21-dart hold, 2-1. And then, you know, Wadey getting that early break again, getting that break going into the fifth leg, I thought it was absolutely crucial with that one full rate checkout. That was, if that isn't Wading on the top class draw, then that is something else. That was top-class wading, especially especially when Ando missed double top prior to that um, to win the leg. Ando then really, I think, the, obviously the crucial moment comes in the 10th leg when uh, you know he goes and wins the double eight there. He manages to miss the ball. Six perfect darts as well in that leg. He went back-to-back back in terms of the legs as well. Almost had a chance at nine darts twice, um, but couldn't quite do so. But that break of throw there, getting that 15-dart break of throw on double eight was crucial for Gando. And then I think it's a double break of throw at 8-4 uh, when Wadey missed tops, which is very rare for Wadey to miss tops, I'll be honest with you, on that one there. Um, and then Wadey started to really come back firing at him. I thought for a second, I went, hello, this could be quite interesting. Um, but Ando, was miles back on the game, where, on the leg where he managed to do so, uh, you know, get, the, get one of the breaks back at 9-6. When he got that to 9-7, I was a bit worried. I thought, we're going to go to extra legs again here in this one. Um, but that 16-dart holder throw when Wadey was miles back for 10-7 pretty much summed the game rare for me. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a shame for Wadey because I thought that Wadey would, did really, really well in his first round game. Couldn't against Keegan Brown and an absolute classic. But Gando again, you know, he's defending final money and people are saying that, you know, if he doesn't make the semi-finals, he could drop down to 12 and then further. He's made the quarterfinals now and he will be very, very happy that it is not Michael Van Gerwen in the quarterfinals, but yet, but Simon Whitlock. I don't think we quite saw this coming, but it has opened up if it can do, for Gary Anderson. Um, yeah. He was fantastic on the doubles. He was he was 40% for the evening. 9-180s, looked Rolls-Royce at times. Um, yes, come under that little bit of threat when, when Wadey kicked back. Um, and I think if that wasn't a double break and just a single break, we might he might have been in a lot more trouble. But getting that double break early definitely made him more comfortable in this one. Um, you, you just can't write the man off, can you? He, he's up there. Many people Wadey have. Races. Many people have. Many people are idiots. Correct. He's up there with A.B. Lewis as the most gifted person to ever pick up a dart. I think like everyone else has worked it, meticulously. These two are so natural, so gifted, so talented. And when they're in full flow, they are the best two players in the world to watch. And I don't care what anyone else says. Um, he's, he's defending final money. and Defending <laughs> winning money, to be fair. Hold it now? Yeah, defending winning money. Um, well, here's the thing. Gary, one of Simon Whitlock, Gary Anderson, Michael Smith, or Christopher Tyski will be in the World Match Play final on Sunday. 
Now, would you back against Gary Anderson at this point to go into a, into a world match play final with that sort of a quarterfinal lineup? Because he's the, he's the most experienced player there. You're back to back world champion, won many play, uh, major titles. Simon Whitlock's only won one. The other two haven't won anything on the television. So I don't know. You know, it, as you say, it has opened up for Gary Anderson. And if he could go and defend that final money and he can go and defend that winning money as well and go and win the thing again. People might start be talking about him again, and people might be saying that he and might have a complete be... new outlook on the back end of the season again. Absolutely. You started with, if I'll be happy if I win a pro tour in God knows how many months. He did it in the first weekend. He did it on the first tour. He won the preseason yeah. one for Christ's sake. So he can just turn off and turn it on, and he's settled on the darts again now. I think he he is like Van Gogh, and that he can just go on those little spells and take games away from people. I'm certainly not betting against him anymore. Not well, he's certainly in the that... first place, to be honest, but I'm not betting against Gary Anderson. <laughs> no, I, no, absolutely not. He certainly did that tonight against James Wade, and here he is talking with Phil afterwards. Gary, many congratulations into the quarterfinals of the Betfred World Match Play. Dogged display against James Wade. Yeah, some good and some absolute tripe, you know, but uh, that's just the way it's gone now. I've just got to kind of work out where it's gone wrong. One minute my throw's fine, yeah. next minute I've, I've noticed it's my hand. My hand's usually up here when I throw. I'm throwing from down here. You know, why I'm doing that, I don't know. I don't know, but... From 3-2 behind, you found the afterburners and played your best stuff in the game. Threatened the 9 data twice. There, there's well, signs... That, the 180 is easy, it was a 1-for-1, one one. it was an absolute but, mess. But, but there are signs that Gary Anderson, the best version of you, isn't that far away? No, it's, honestly, four months I've done nothing. You know, I've, I've done the... I have to get the internet, I, you know, all that hassle with the internet, I had to play, you know. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know we were up bands last week, scored really well, finishing was atrocious. I forget if that's a word I can use, it was worse than that to be honest. Uh, you know, but it's just like I say, I'm, I'm doing my way myself, there's nobody to practice with, you know, so I'm not gonna stand here myself. You know, and I'm busy doing other things as well, so it's it's kinda it's harder now. Over the last twenty four hours the seeds have tumbled. I'm guessing you didn't want to add your name to that list. Was that extra pressure? Nah, I've got to stage now. You know, I'll, I'll even get up there. Even if I'm playing rubbish, I'm still going to try to win. You know, but uh, if I if I go home, it's a bonus. If I get through, it's a bonus. You know, so it's a kind of win-win situation just now. Potential quarter-final, although he's losing as we speak right now against MVG. No, no matter what form you're in, you always seem to raise your game. And I go back to the World Series last year when it was the rebirth if you haven't played much and you found form straight away what is it that brings the best out of you when you play Michael? Nah Michael just plays the game you know he gets on with you know and that's that's what I like I've always just like just got there and play darts you know this like I say taking darts out slow walking back slow I caught farting about that's no swearing by the way <laughs> uh, it's you know it's just it's a, a game if you get a game and it rolls it's great to watch it's great to play you know so that's the way I like to play it, you know, and I think that's the way, in my book, that's how a game of darts should be played, you know, you just, just throw your darts, get the boys away, let them throw, vice versa, you know, and it just it just, it just rolls like that. Do too many players now overthink things and try and tactics them when they shouldn't then? It's actually better playing darts, not thinking. If you cannot think when you're playing darts, I think that helps you out millions, you know, it's, uh, you start thinking, I was doing it up there tonight, why am, why, why am I hitting 180 and then 26? 25, 41, why that? And it, it, it just got worse, you know? So you better just try to knock out your head and just throw. Gary, I suppose always make a 
So there, there's Gary Anderson talking through his second round victory over James Wade. And I thought, to be honest with you, this would be the story of the night before obviously everything else kicked off in the second round because this was an unbelievable start to the game and a start to the night as well. Dimitri Vandenberg, I said jokingly on the preview show, would beat Nathan Aspinall. I didn't expect that to actually happen. What a performance from Dancing Dimmy, You Are My Hero, I Love You. <laughs> not necessarily because he beat Aspen or into nobody but he carried on dancing as well I love that from him and Peter Wright this week by the way um, yeah. this is my moment to gloat when in the preview show I told you that guaranteed three seeds would fall I thought we'd, we'd get to the magic number five I wasn't anywhere near the combination of players that were at risk <laughs> take it though falling, take it but I got the five so I'm taking that we, we occasionally get things right um, fantastic performance from the Belgian we've said it a million times the man loves the stage um, and he delivered on the stage without a crowd which, which is weird um, if, if you love the stage you tend to love everything that comes with it but um, 41% on the doubles 2 ton plus outs 4 180s 98 average that's a that's a quality professional performance over that distance against a player on the rise on the up and in, in the top 8 yeah, and and thing is as well, for, for Nathan, by the way, it's not because I don't like Nathan. I, I've got a lot of time for Nathan. Great player, great bloke, and his management company are fantastic. I just love Dimmy so much because I fell in love with him really uh, at the Players' Champs a uh, couple of 2017, uh, the first time when he won the World Youth Champs. Now, this one was a strange game for me again because, you know, it was start of, you know, they, they had the break of throw and you, you thought for a second both Aspinall and, and Vandenberg broke each other's throws. Dimmy missing four for the leg and you thought, I don't know whether he's going to be able to deal with it at the stage on his match play debut. But it was very, very good. You know, he got, he, he, there was a moment where he won four straight legs. You know, it was two all and then it goes and makes it 6-2 and he'd basically done the damage there in that session. I thought it was also crucial that when Aspinall got a break back at 6-3, Dimi then managed to get back for a 7-3, for a 103 out. And then Aspinall missing double 16 in that leg for 6-4. was absolutely crucial in that game. Uh, a word on Nathan, obviously, because the game finished 10-5 to Dimi, and Dimi was the last man through to round two. A word on Nathan Aspinall, he lost 10-5 to Mervyn King last year in his debut at the match play. He's now lost 10-5 against Jimmy van der Berg. What is it about this tournament that Nathan Aspinall hates? It would seem at this moment in time. But, you know, two two straight losses in the first round for him. And what's been the same in both? He's been heavily favourite. I, I don't yeah. think he loves being favourite. I think the underdog role mentality suits him. It's like the New England Patriots or, or Liverpool football team. Oh, sh- absolutely oh, nothing wrong it. with it. But they ha- no, but you know what I mean? They have stop to find it. an agenda against them in order to perform. Nathan doesn't like being favourite. There's, there's nothing on it. It's, it's a lose-lose. Yeah. If you're a favourite, if you win, you're expected to win. And if you lose, you're the favourite. What are you doing? I'd, I'd say this, though, right? Now, by the way, I've just looked at the draw bracket. One of Danny Nopper, Eddie Lewis, Dimmy Vandenberg or Joe Cullen will be in a match play semi-final. If you'd have told me that at the start of the week, I'd have told you you were nuts. That bottom half of the draw is absolutely wide open. Seed Ergeden. I'm looking forward to this, because obviously he's got Joe Cullen next round. It'll be a very, very good match tomorrow night. But Dimi Vandenberg beats Nathan Aspinall 10-5, and here he is talking with Phil after his win. Dimi, huge congratulations. Debut at the World Match Play. A commanding victory over one of the top 10 in the world. 
must be over the moon right now. A hundred percent. I've seen Nathan develop himself to the player he is right now. Um, I've always gave him a hard game. I've always gave him a tough game. I, he always had to work for what he at the end accomplished. I preferred it was me, but then again, if you see players like him going that far, at some point you've got to just focus on yourself and see that you can get there as well. And now winning against a player like Nathan, for me, that's a very great job that I've done. I'm very proud of myself. When the draw was done, did you think back to the World Championship defeat and yeah, want a little bit of revenge? Away. Straight away, straight away. Um, not maybe about the revenge, but straight away I thought like it doesn't really matter how good you're playing. That's a player that never gives up. That's a player that always digs deep and if he gets a chance, he takes it. Today he had chances, he didn't took him. He missed his chances and I'm very happy that I didn't miss my chances and that's why I kept the control in the game. After the summer series, didn't have a particularly good five days. How was confidence then heading into the match play? Well, people can say that I wasn't playing well, but I can say that I was feeling well. I have seen my B game raising. People focus on what I, what I can do, how good I can play. But to be a top player, your game that is not on its top has to get better. And that's what I've worked on and that's what I've seen that I have actually developed to a stronger way. So in the summer series, I don't think many players can say they played to the, to the five tournaments lower than a 91 average. And that's what I've done. That's what I can see that I can do. So the players that did beat me in the first round with me having a 91 or lower, uh, 91, that's what it is, yeah, 91. They still had to play well to beat me. And that's what they did. They did their job. Obviously, I wanted to be the winner, but you win some, you lose some. You know, you love the stage and you buzz off the atmosphere. What was it like out there? It's First different. No crowd and like that. It's 100% different, but I did thought of the crowd, I did thought of the fans, I did a little dance, and it's because of you guys. Uh, thank you for the continuing support, obviously, without a doubt. But, well, me on the stage, for some reason, it's me being home. <laughs> Simple to say. I feel so relaxed up there, even though I now and then have an extra breath, because we're under pressure, doesn't matter who we play. It can change your life. The best part of three months you spent with Peter Wright during lockdown. Yeah. What was that whole experience like? And do you think you come out the other side a much better player for it? Me and Peter spoke a lot during these months. But in the beginning, he said to me, you can do whatever you like. Just enjoy yourself. Give yourself a good time. So in the start of the first months, I just thought about where I'm at in life. And then I thought, and looked around like, wow, look what he has by playing darts. And I said, this is what you can achieve. Obviously, the house he has is way too big for me. <laughs> Simple to say. But he has a beautiful house, but it's way too big for me. Pete, now you know. <laughs> but besides that, he showed me what you can achieve by playing darts. And then he showed me what you actually need in yourself and what you can do. And the person he is, it's... It's brilliant. The man, I really have a lot of respect for him, but not, not only for his man, uh, for, for Peter Wright, not only for the world champion, also for his missus, because they took me in as I was their son. And I have such a great time, such a beautiful experience, and I'll never forget that. Bottom half of the draw, the two biggest seeds have now gone. You've knocked one of them out. Have you got the genuine belief you can go on and do big things in this tournament now? Uh, let's say it this way. Earlier today, I got the question, if you had to play one of the seeds, who did you want? And I was thinking and thinking and thinking and I just couldn't, had any, couldn't give any answer. 
the only thing that I did thought of, if I go up there, I need to play my game, it doesn't matter who I play. But if I perform the way I can, the way I showed today, the way I showed in the summer series when I was going deep in the tournament, that's what I possess. So I said to myself, it doesn't really matter. I, I was happy I got the question because it gave me my thought and my mind an answer. I can have anyone and I can win against anyone. And I've showed before I can win against anyone. Dimitri Vandenberg there talking through his win with Nathan Aspinall then here on day four of the Betfred World Match Play. And it is now time for the Match Play Dailies PBT, the Phil Bars take. He joins us from his hotel room in Milton Keynes. Phil, I hope you are okay living the wonderful bubble life in Milton Keynes. Um, before we get on to anything else, what the hell just happened? I've got a headache. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We are now way past midnight. It's been it's been a long night, great night, but I've got no idea what happened. We saw just about everything possible, I think, this evening. Unbelievable session, but wow, I wasn't expecting what we saw tonight from start to finish, in fairness. It wasn't just the obvious. Um, the whole night was just very strange from leg one to leg whatever it was that, that finished it. Before we go, before we go any further, do you remember that? Obviously, we talked about this before. The last year of the match play, that Tuesday session, and I've always said it's the greatest session of darts I think I've ever seen live. Three extra leg games, mint games, and then the two current world champions at the time, absolutely hammer and tongs at each other. What is it about the Tuesday, the match play, that just delivers absolute quality? It would seem. Yeah, next year when the, the someone will be asking Graham, the tournament director, I can't play Tuesday. I've got a doctor's appointment. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, because, yeah, it, it was a mint session, but I'm still confused what I saw. It was just bonkers. Many more words to sum it up, I think. I, I will just chuck it to you, as you weren't here when I, when I chucked it into Jar earlier, that Nathan Aspinall falling meant my prediction of five seeds falling in the first round was bang on, by the way. Yeah. yeah. No, no. That was just that was a weird game as well because Dimmy controlled it from start to finish and I, I'm not quite sure Nathan didn't play poorly but it wasn't the Nathan that we expected. I think he averaged what was it 93 ish something around yeah. that. Yeah. Which which is which isn't a poor performance by any stretch of the imagination but the standard Nathan Aspen we expect more from him now and I don't, I don't mean that in a compliment. Um, yeah. But strange that Dimitri looked in no danger whatsoever. Did you see or did he drop his, his pace of throw? Did, did he slow it down a little bit just to, to for that little extra second to compose himself at times? We've seen him yeah, do that before, but he just seemed to do that a few more times yeah, and centre himself a bit better. I think the throw was the same. I think he just, that, like you say, that set-up time, he maybe took that extra second longer to set himself set himself up. Um, but yeah, weird, weird game. And it's a big, big A-team, or big, year for Nathan Aspinall he's defending a lot of money coming up mm. as as well on, on that ranking and the rankings are starting to find people out a little bit here because it's almost like a two year cycle you have a good year you're in everything for two years and then cracks develop yeah. and, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying Nathan will fall out of the top 10 or anything like that but yeah just that extra pressure knowing that you're going to tournaments as a favourite and defending money just seems to change people's mindset a little bit slightly I think 
well, that's two years straight away that he's lost in the first round of the match play. Obviously, he made his debut last year and got beaten 10-5 by Mervyn King, who made uh, the quarterfinals in the end, because obviously he beat Gary Anderson. Uh, this time, obviously, Dimitri Vandenberg will be playing Joe Cullen. That bottom half of the draw, we'll come on to that in a second, but that bottom half of the draw is absolutely wide open. I've got no idea who's coming through that part of the field. Obviously, the big story, the big story of the night is uh, Christoph Tyski making a maiden PDC TV rank quarterfinal. No, it is obviously Simon Whitlock beating Michael Van Gerwen. We talked about this obviously at the top of the show because it is the biggest story of the match play so far. I, we said as well that it wasn't necessarily about the fact that Whitlock beat Van Gerwen because you can always have an off day and that's that. You don't expect that sort of performance from Michael Van Gerwen. I can't remember the last time where I've looked at Michael Van Gerwen and gone, Jesus Christ, that was very poor. Um, yeah, it was strange. So forget Michael Van Gerwen getting beaten for just a moment. I know it's tough, but, he, mm. but the way Simon Whitlock performed in those first two sessions, it'd have beaten anyone, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of it's the world number one and the world number 28, those first two sessions, he would have smashed up anyone. But when there's not a lot coming back at you, it's a little bit easier. Um, but probably, when was the last time I remember Michael Van Gogh and playing like that? I'm struggling because it was like yeah. 16, it was like 16% on his doubles or something like that. And this is go in the, yeah, this is obviously going to go out in the morning. I'm, when we finished here, I'm hopping on YouTube because I'm convinced he used different darts tonight. Um, for those geeks like me, the, the front rings on the ones he used tonight had a green. There was three, it was three green rings. Now I'm normally quite good at spotting stuff like this, and I don't remember them on Saturday. If I've missed it, I've missed it. But I'm convinced I haven't. So I'm going to go back tonight and and have a look and see if he has used different ones. It's an interesting time to change, isn't it? Because we we pretty much thought amongst us and and heard from him that he was settled. Over lockdown, he, he worked on a certain setup that he was more than happy with. And if he was going to tinker, it was going to be at the Pro Tour event. So for him to swap yeah. second round at a major is, is not something we expected no. from him. No, it might be exactly the same dart. It's just got some coloured rings in it. Yeah. So it's in his head, there's no difference. It might be as simple as that. Or we're speculating here, but it was, it was, it was strange that he still averaged, I think, 90. 293 MVG 91 that, just under just 90, under 91 yeah. and for him to average that with that percentage on his doubles shows there wasn't an awful lot wrong with the scoring scoring stats are pretty level yeah Wait, look, yeah, so, two more turns two more 140s and three more 180s so like he makes what a yeah. leg and a half maybe yeah so the, the, the scoring wise he scored oh, scored okay but yeah I don't remember the last time he was that poor on, on his doubles in fairness but in true champions style, he didn't hold any punches. Um, in his interview with RTL, I went and spoke to Iron after and said, look, just have interest. What did he say? Obviously, in Dutch. And he just said, look, congratulations to Simon. I wasn't good enough. No excuses. My doubles were, were awful. My fault. Well done to Simon. I'll, I need to go and evaluate. So, we, again, in true champion style, he didn't look for an excuse or anything like that, which... That's one thing you can always guarantee from Michael. Like the champion is he, the champion he is. He always approaches defeats well. Well, obviously, the, that means that that top half of the draw, that top part of the draw, is absolutely wide open. Uh, you know, we've obviously have the remaining uh, people that have come through. So this uh, one of Simon Whitlock, Gary Anderson, 
Christopher Tyski or Michael Smith will be in the match play final. Obviously, Michael Smith coming back in an absolute classic against Mesut Sulevic. Same with Christopher Tyson coming through extra legs against Gabe Clements in a great game between the pair. Gary Anderson, I think, probably obviously outside of Simon Whitlock performance of the night with that win against James Wade. Yeah, um, Wade, Wade was disappointing. Considering where he was in his first round game, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was massively disappointed with James Wade tonight. Um, but Gary Anderson, from 3-2 down at the first break, there was glimpses of genius in those middle legs. Yes, there was some tripe to go with it, as he called it. But he was on the nine twice. There, there mm, was two legs. Spe- he had, he had there was consecutive scoring visits of four one eight. One eight, yeah. Spells of genius, and I don't think many saw Gary Anderson potentially defending his match play money this week. However, now would you back against Gary Anderson lifting this title? Well, we said there, we got. You'd be you'd be a brave man to do so. MVG's out. Now, looking at the rest of the field, he's the biggest scorer when he's on, left in there. Now, could you imagine Gary Anderson lifting a title from openly admitting he's hardly picked up his darts since the Premier League in Liverpool and that weekend in Barnsley, he picked them up briefly for the home tour. I said he he threw, he said he threw for an hour the day before, an hour the day before he played, the night he played, the morning of the second phase, then at the summer series, he didn't do a lot. He didn't pick him up between the home tour and the summer series. Went home, didn't pick him up between the summer series and the match play. And yet, potentially, flying Scotsman, all aboard. I'm just gobsmacked. And if he was to win it, this would be up there, one of the greatest tournament wins for me because of the circumstances. Well, I'm it past him. No. Absolutely and not. He went deep last time it was behind closed doors, didn't he? Yeah, well, he won the UK Open, didn't he? He won it, yeah. He yeah, so beat Corey in that final. So he's got prowess in this similar environment. The only other time we've seen a major in this circumstances, Gary was the man to come out and talk. It's a bit like yeah. Formula One. King, king of the wets, Gary Anderson, king of the no crowds. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Very, very quickly before we uh, round off tonight. Uh, let's go through tomorrow's lineup because it is a brilliant one. Daryl Gurney versus Vincent van der Voort starts us off. Dimi van den Berg is back on the stage against Joe Cullen. Peter Wright against Glenn Durrant is third on, and Danny Nopper against Adrian Lewis rounds off the night. Um, I'm going to guess at this point, by the way, that uh, Peter Wright versus Glenn Durrant, obviously the standout tie. And to be fair, whoever wins that has got a hell of a chance of getting through that part of the draw. 100% game of the night on paper. Obviously, sport isn't played on paper, but Absolutely. right now, that yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that one. And again, I think Glenn Durham wins. And I can't go two games in a row. You backed against the world champion, Phil. Co- correct. Um, Didn't we do I the think, same against Simon Whitlock? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and I think that if Darren can beat Whitlock. I've got a sneaky feeling he might go on and lift his first televised PDC title because out of the ones that are left, you right out of, out of them all, the rest are slightly erratic, shall we say. Where Durant, you know, he's going to average somewhere between 96, 97 and 102, 103. If he plays well, he'll go 16, 17, 18. But you can almost put your mortgage, he's going to average somewhere in that five six point swing 
And if he does, he's going to be tough to beat because his double percentages are just better than anyone else's, I think. I think he's the best finisher left in the competition. So I think if he can get past Snakey, it's going to take something to wrap it up and beat him. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun indeed. But before we do go, Phil, we have been running an absolutely mega competition. MenBG's match-worn shirt against Brendan Dolan. It was up for grabs. Thank you so much to everybody that got involved on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, following us official online darts across all of those platforms, official OL darts on Twitter and Instagram. And Phil, you have the winner for us, picked by Michael Van Gerwen himself. Correct. You've got the details in front of you, Jar. You've hosted the show today, so you can have the honour of calling it all out. Oh, well, thank you very much, mate. Yes, absolutely. A very big congratulations. We have done a random draw. Like I say, Michael uh, helped us out with it uh, off camera before tonight started. And this is what happened. It is our winner is on Twitter and it is at Jane Greeny on Twitter. Congratulations to you, Jane. We will DM you with all of the details of how to claim your signed shirt. A massive thank you to everybody that got involved and a very big well done to at Jane Greedy on Twitter. You are the winner of our matched worn MVG shirt by Brenda against Brendan Dolan. And uh, yeah, boy, what a mega competition really, really quickly. What a mega competition to start us off with and hopefully more to come. No, definitely. It's been great so far and we've still got plenty more action at the Better Frog World match play to come. We certainly do. Jack Gobbigarwood, Phil Bars, thank you so much for joining us here on the Match Play Daily, as always. Well, what a night. Here we go. Day four of the Match Play, always deliver surprises, and boy, oh boy, did it not disappoint tonight. Whitlock conjures the wizardry to knock out the world number one, Michael Van Gerwen. Smith stuns Selovich with a stunning comeback to make sure the quarterfinals. Christopher Tyski soars like a Polish eagle, he does, and beats Gabriel Clements in an absolute mega game. Uh, on that stage. Gary Anderson looked in form against James Wade. The flying Scotsman roars into the quarterfinals and Demi Vandenberg dazzles and dances his way on debut to, de- to defeat Nathan Aspinall in round one. Join us again tomorrow for day five of the Match Play Daily. We will see you then from Jack Obi-Garwood and for Bars. I'm Jonathan. Take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm.